Welcome to the Freedom House Church Weekend Message. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from a communicator on our teaching team. Whether you're just waking up, on your way to work, or going for a relaxing evening walk, we know this message will equip you to experience Christ's freedom today and every day. So enjoy. Tis the season where you would think we'd have every reason to smile, to stay, and talk a while with no weights bearing on us and with all hope to believe in. But as fireplaces crackle and silver bells jingle, as families mingle and smile, they laugh all the while inside feeling a weight bearing on them. Weight like the toy bag of jolly old Kris Kringle. It's a weight that seems burdensome. Heavy, it's steady, but it's there. And we're all aware of its presence, a heaviness present. And in our hearts, there's a longing. We are more than just ready, more than ready to drop this weight, to feel lighter, our hearts brighter, as maybe, just maybe, hope cuts through doubt like a razor. Even greater, with the love and help of our Savior, we may see the weights all along were really just paper. Welcome to Freedom House. I'm so glad that you are here today as we continue the series called Paper Chains. It's all about the things in life that seem really heavy. And in fact, uh, we're not saying they're not heavy. They are. Um, but we think that the things that may be binding us and holding us that feel like we can't get out from underneath of it, maybe if we let God carry it instead of us trying to carry it, then we'll be able to break through it pretty easily. So welcome to Paper Chains, this series. Uh, welcome to everyone who is online uh, from all over the country. I know we also had Puerto Rico, one of the a different country joining us, California, Colorado, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Michigan, um, lots of other states that were joining in um, throughout the, the other service as well. We're so glad to have you. And I just want to encourage you for a second online. Uh, we understand and we know that some of you aren't physically able to come to church right now because um, you have comorbidities or pre-existing conditions or whatever, and we just want you to know that we love you, we care for you, we know it's been hard um, feeling like you're having to watch church through a screen, but we want you to know that you're just as valuable and just as loved and cared for as everyone that's in the room. So we are so glad that you're pushing through and you're joining in and you're staying as connected as you can. That's a big deal. You know, I hear a lot of people referencing this year and saying how hard and how difficult and what a struggle it has been for a lot of people to feel like they can find any good. Um, and as a matter of fact, some people have said, I'm just afraid that, you know, I don't know when this is going to be over. 
I don't know when it's going to stop. I want to be positive about 2021, but I'm a little concerned. I'm a little bit afraid. I just feel like there's been so much loss. There's been so much to process. And we've been hearing that from a lot of people. They're just trying to figure out how to process it all, how, how to walk through all the things that have happened this year. And I just want to tell you that um, it has been a heavy year. It has been a year of hurt and of pain and of loss. But I also want to encourage you in this. This this past week, I was trying to move a piece of furniture in my house. And I don't know why I was trying to move it. I mean, but y'all have done the same thing, so don't judge. You know it's really heavy. You know that you're not going to be able to move it. But for whatever reason, you just like go and you try to pick it up. I mean, has anybody done that or just me? And my husband looks at me, he goes, why are you trying to lift a solid oak piece of furniture? And I said, I don't know, I just thought I would try it. And he said, I can't lift it, you surely can't lift it. And I said, well, you're right, but for whatever reason, I thought maybe that I could carry it. Kind of sounds a lot like this year, right? We're trying to pick up and carry things that maybe we weren't designed to carry, not saying it's not heavy. I mean, as, as a matter of fact, Jesus in Mark chapter 11 said, hey, you, you don't deny that the mountain is in front of you. You don't deny that the situation exists. You don't deny that the heartache or the pain exists. But what you do is you, you acknowledge the mountain and you speak to the mountain and you tell the mountain that it has to move. You know, I've seen people that think that faith is pretending like the mountain isn't there at all. That's not what faith faith is. Faith is acknowledging the hurt, the pain, the heaviness, whatever, saying, hey, I acknowledge it, but by faith, I speak to it and I tell it to move. Now, I couldn't speak to this piece of furniture and make it move, but God gave me a really great idea. He actually reminded me of what I had in a drawer that I didn't know that I had. These little felt pads, I remembered that I had them, and I put them underneath of this several hundred pound piece of furniture. I slid them underneath of the furniture, and then before you know it, I was able to slide that big heavy oak piece across the floor and put it where it was supposed to go. Not because I picked it up. And I think that's the mistake that a lot of us are making this year. I mean, it didn't stop being heavy. I think I just stopped thinking I was the one that had to carry it. I think a lot of us are carrying things um, that are very heavy, and we shouldn't be carrying them. Just because you can't lift it doesn't mean you can't move it. And I think it's about time we learn how to use wisdom in our situation instead of thinking that it's our job to carry what isn't ours to carry. As a matter of fact, I think there's a lot of chains that are on us that if we let God have them, they break easily like paper for him. They may be hard or difficult for us, but not for him. So what I'd like to do today, they say that hindsight is 2020. So what I'd like to do is I'd actually like to put 2020 in hindsight and get some perspective from 2020. You guys like to do that with me today, all of you online? So in order to do that, what I'm going to do is we're going to take a trip and we're going to go back and we're going to talk about Moses 
and how Moses had to lead during difficult times. Again, they went through some hard times. Moses had the responsibility of leading God's people out of Egypt. And they had been in Egypt as slaves for over 400 years. They didn't just have a 2020. They had four centuries of 2020s. Four centuries. 400 years. So there had been something embedded in their minds. There had been something that started to them to become their normal life. Their normal life. They had just accepted certain things to be their truth. And Moses, God charged him with leading them out of years and years of slavery into a land of freedom. But there was a process that had to take place in order for them to get from where they were from where to where they needed to be. And many of us want freedom too, but we're still wrestling with those mindsets that have kept us captive. And we want that freedom, but we've got to change our mindsets in order to get the freedom that only God can bring. So what I thought we would do is we'd go and we'd study how Moses and the Israelites, what their trials look like, what their victories look like, and we would learn something from the Word of God and process and walk through. In Exodus 13, 17... It says that when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. Why? For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. In other words, when they were coming out of their hard situation, God knew they needed a little protecting Because the thing that most of us tend to do when we're coming right out of our abusive relationship, right out of our negative mindsets, right out of our bad job that we didn't want in the first place, what happens is, is we tend to turn around in in a time where where we're sensitive, where God is trying to grow us, where there is a time where God is trying to mold us and make us. There is a time where we're still pretty fragile, and it's so easy for us to go right back to the bad situation we just came from. So God knew if they have to face any sort of pressure or difficulty right now, they're going to go right back to where they were. So let me lead them a different way because I understand that they need to grow. There's some things that need to happen in them or they're going to return right back to where they came from. You see, what happened then is the same thing that happens now is you start to normalize what's not normal. They would rather go back to being enslaved than pick up a sword and fight the enemy that was in front of them. I have seen that happen a lot. I've seen a lot of people where 2020 has whooped them upside the head and they would rather just comply. They would rather just consider something normal, consider something, well, this is just our lot now, than to pick up their sword and actually fight against things. We've we've allowed demonic influences to tell us how we are supposed to respond. And God is like, what are you doing? I, I, I didn't, I brought you out of Egypt. You, 
you've got to fight. And okay, if you're hurting and, and you're unable to fight right now because you're broken, th- then I'll lead you another direction. But for goodness sakes, don't call what's normal, normal. Th- this is th- what's abnormal, normal. This is not normal. This is not okay. And we tend to comply and just go along with things because we just get tired of fighting. We just get tired of the battle. So just tell me what I need to do. I'll do it. Do you know what's normal? Normal is a setting on my dryer. What we're seeing happen in 2020 is not normal. It's not normal. And I would ask you not to call it normal and not to comply with things that go against the word of God. Even if the government says otherwise, you obey God first. God first. Nobody is going to tell me I can't worship God. Nobody. Now, let's keep going because I could sit there all day long and camp. <laughs> Y'all know I can. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I can. <laughs> so what happens on their way out of Egypt God understands. He's he's watching their responses to things. And so on the way out, they're watching as all the plagues come. And and God had to, like, bolster their faith a bit. So they're watching these ten plagues come and hit the Egyptians. They're watching the frogs come, come in and take over the land. They're watching the locusts come in and devour the crops. They're watching the hailstorms come. Like all these plagues, 10 of them, flies come in, gnats come in. I mean, those are some nasty plagues, right? Water turns to blood. There's also one where darkness covers the the land for three days. Now, what were those 10 plagues all about? All 10 of those plagues actually coincided with coming against one of the gods that the Egyptians was worshiping. So, for example, the sun god, there was darkness. Every single plague that came about was to hit one of the gods that they worshipped so the true God could say, let me just tell you how fallible your God is, your little G God. The last plague to come is the plague where the firstborn dies of all the animals and the children. And God tells Moses that the angel of death is going to pass by. But in order for it to not affect the Israelites, they are going to have to put the blood down their doorpost and across their doorpost. The blood of the lamb had to be spread down the doorpost and across the doorpost. Do you see the picture? The Old Testament and the New Testament, it's type and shadow. So you see them being saved because they applied the blood of the lamb to their situation. And when the angel of death came, anybody that had the blood of the lamb on their doorpost was spared. Now, I'm telling you, if I watched these things happen and I doubted God at all, I might just get my faith increased a little bit by watching God do this and watching it not touch my house. That might just like encourage my faith, maybe just a little bit, right? And then God says, all right, here's what I want you to do. On your way out, I want you to look up. Because I have a cloud that will cover you in the hot desert every day. I mean, you may be in the wilderness, but I've got a cloud there to cover you. 
And what does that cloud do? Well, it gets really hot in the desert. So God is saying, listen, that cloud is a, a type and shadow. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Where God is saying, hey, even though you may feel like you're in the wilderness right now, the cloud is over top of you. And then when it would turn evening and it would get cold in the desert, the cloud would turn to a pillar of fire and rest over them and keep them warm and give them a, a, a way to see. I'm thinking if I'm out in the middle of the desert and every step I take, every time I walk, there's a cloud that follows me. And at night, there's fire over my head following me. That just might increase my faith just a little bit. Maybe just a little bit. And I, and I just watched the ten plagues. Not to mention, I got all this stuff that, that the Egyptians handed over to me on the way out. I got all kinds of loot now. Stuff I didn't have before because I've been a slave for 400 years and I didn't get to have any stuff. So my faith is increasing just a little bit. Let's keep reading what happens. In Exodus 14, 8, it says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. Now, I want to explain that scripture really quick because people always ask me about that scripture. What does it mean that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart? What that means is, is the same sun that melts butter will harden clay. It has to do with the condition of, of the material. It's not that the sun isn't coming out. It's just different materials respond differently. When you go through crisis, do you harden or do you soften? It has to do with the condition of our heart. And when Pharaoh was confronted with the truth, each time he wouldn't let go. That's why there were 10 plagues. 10 is always the number of testing in the Bible, okay? That's why God says give a tenth of your income. 10 is always the number of testing. God says, I want to test you in this to see if you're going to be faithful with the rest. So he's testing Pharaoh, and he's not passing any of the tests. It could have been all over with the first plague. Mm-mm. He wouldn't let him go. The number of testing. So what you see happen is you see them here. They're, they're in the wilderness. They're, they're coming out. And you see where Pharaoh's heart is getting hard. Very hard. He's angry because he had just let 2.5 million slaves go. Who were making bricks for him. Baking bricks in the hot sun all day long. He was whipping them. He was beating them. He was making them comply. And they had learned to comply. So here they are. God's trying to take them out into freedom. And they still have a slave mindset. And Pharaoh is mad because he realizes he just let all of his slaves go. So it says that his heart hardened. And it says, and the children of Israel went out with what? Wow. We saw them before where, man, God had to take them out a different direction because they were pretty fragile. Now we see them start to, to get a, a little bit of boldness. I mean, their faith must be through the roof right now, right? I mean, after all the stuff they've seen, I mean, surely they've got this faith thing under their belt now and, and they're going to walk out and, and not have any more issues, right? Well, let's keep reading. 
Exodus 14, chapter 10, it says, And when Pharaoh drew near, when his armies drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They started to see them. It says, So they were so in faith. Does it say that? What does it say? They were very afraid. Now, wait a minute. Didn't you just see all the things that God did? Why why are you back in this place again? But this is where they're at. And listen, you can always locate where you are by what is coming out of your mouth. The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Give me five seconds with somebody and I can tell them why they're in the situation that they're in. It's because their mouth got them there. Where the man goes, the mouth follows. The mind will take you into places and you just watch. Your, your mouth will follow your mind. And so here you are. It says they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. First they got mad at God and then they cried out at Moses. And said, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? See, that's what they were thinking all along. Even though God was trying to bring them out to freedom, they could not grasp it. Because there were no graves, have you taken us out to die in the wilderness? Have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Now, wait a minute. My Bible tells me they were beaten every day. They were whipped and beaten. And that all of their children, their boy children, were collected and thrown into the Nile River and drowned. You would rather go back to that because it was familiar, because it became normal to you, than to fight for your freedom? That is okay with you? Where your children are being slaughtered? That's become normal in the United States too, just so you know. We have normalized things that should not be normalized. And we're wondering, why are we here? Why are we in this situation? It's because really, we would rather be a slave than fight. And our mindset, as I was knew it was too good to be true. You know, I knew God couldn't stick with me. You you know, I, I knew I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. What kind of life is that? And granted, they had had years and years and years of conditioning. We've had a really hard 2020, and some of us are already starting to flip, and it hasn't been 400 years. See, they they were dealing with spiritual socialism. What they were told is, they said, if you keep reading, they said to Moses, we would rather go back and be slaves and be able to eat our cucumbers and our onions. Somebody give us our rations. Tell us what we were going to do that day. Set our limits. Set our boundaries for us. 
We would rather do that than fight for our freedom. We're starting to do that after a year. What might God want to teach us? So Moses calmed the people because he understood where they were and really what is being exposed is where they are spiritually. Which is, by the way, what's been happening this year. So Moses says, okay, we need to bolster their faith again. Let's bolster their faith. So in Exodus 14.31, we see where the Bible is talking about what transpires with what's happening with Moses and the crew. See, the reason they got into fear there is because they were looking at what was behind them, the, the Egyptian army. That's what they saw. The Egyptian army is behind them, and the Red Sea is in front of them. And in their mind, they said, there's no way out. And many of us have been feeling trapped by our circumstances or our situation, going, I don't see a way out. But Moses said to them, listen, you may never have seen this before, and neither have I, but watch this. And he sticks his rod into the Red Sea, and it parts. And they walk through onto the other side, and they walk through on dry ground. The whole thing is just a miracle to bolster their faith. And then you see the Egyptian army try to follow suit, and the water comes down over their head and annihilates them. And then in Exodus 14, 31, it says, Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Wow, they're back to believing and trusting again. As a matter of fact, when they're watching all of this transpire, for 21 straight verses in chapter 15 of Exodus, for 21 straight verses, they're singing a song of victory as they're walking out into the wilderness. They're saying, God, there is none like you. There is none as holy as the Lord. Lord, you are powerful. Lord, you are glorious. Lord, there is no one, no name like your name. You are so great. Lord, I will praise you till the end of my days. 21 straight verses. Surely they got it straight now. I mean, how many miracles do you have to see before you really trust God is who he is? Surely 21 straight verses, they'll never question God again. Except there's verse 22. Verse 22 says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness Three days, people. Three days. And they found no water. Now, when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And this is what I want you to grasp. 
And it says, and there he tested them. Now that word he, I know behind me on the screen, everything's in all caps. But in your Bible, that word he is the only one that is all caps. That's not talking about Moses testing them. That's talking about God testing them. You see, they are going through things and they don't realize that every single thing that they are facing is nothing more than a test. God sees and recognizes and notices what is in them, but they have yet to recognize it. And until they do, things can't turn around for them. So it's one big test. I'd like to think of 2020 is one big test. And I'd like to share this with you. God is not trying to break you. He's trying to build you. 2020 wasn't meant to break you. It was meant to build you. And I just need you to understand, God didn't cause the things to happen that happened this year. I think... We often assign things to God that we should not assign things. God didn't cause them to happen, but he will use every single thing that comes our way as an opportunity to grow us. Tests simply reveal what you know and what you still need to learn. That's all it is. What do I still need to know? What do I still need to learn? What do I get a check mark by, and what does that big old Sharpie come out with the big red Sharpie X? What do I still need to learn? And the great thing about God is you never fail a test with him. You just get a redo. You get a retake. And so some of us are still sitting there taking our test. And God's saying, you need to pass this one. And he's given us the ways on how to pass it. How do we score? Well, there's three tests that we're going to have to pass in order to come out of our Egypt. Just like the Israelites had to come out of their Egypt, there's three tests they had to take. There's three tests you and I have to take. The first one is the trust test. Can you trust God no matter what? No matter what has happened, no matter what pain you've experienced, no matter what hurt you've experienced, no matter what loss you've experienced, can you still trust God? In other words, are you believing for something or are you believing in someone? There's a difference. If we trust God because our situation turns out the way that we want it to, and we don't trust God when our situation doesn't go the way we want it to, we've got schizophrenic faith. We're all over the place. And God is looking for us to be consistent in our walk. In other words, God, I trust you even when situations don't go the way I would have liked to have seen them gone. I trust you. The Israelites were back and forth constantly in their faith. We knew it. You brought us out here to kill us. We should have known. All God wanted was their best. But when they went through a trial, they couldn't see it. When you walk through a trial, do you see it as God trying to bring out the best in you? Or do you go, I knew I wouldn't get that job. I knew this marriage wouldn't work out. I knew my finances would stay a mess. I knew I'd get sick. 
I knew, fill in the blank. After the trust test, the other test we have to face is the bitterness test. Can you get through Mara? Can you let go of the pain that you've experienced in your past? In your past, could be 10 years ago, it could be 10 minutes ago. Can you let go of your hurt, your pain, whatever was unfair, whatever was wrong, whatever wasn't right? Do you complain against God? Do you get bitter? Do you get angry? Let me tell you something about anger. Anger is not a primary emotion. Anger is a secondary emotion. What do I mean by that? Whenever I see people, um, and myself included, whenever I feel like I'm dealing with anger or I see anger in someone else, I always know anger equals unresolved hurt. Anytime I feel myself getting angry, I go back and I chase it down. Why am I angry? And I'm angry because something hurt and I didn't acknowledge it. Why do we do that? Well, we do that because anger is an illusion of power or being in control. It feels much more powerful to be angry than cry and admit how broken and hurt you are. But that's where our healing is found. Anger is a, a mask, and we got enough of those going on, right? We need it, we need it seriously. Take off the spiritual mask and say, I am dealing with hurt. I'm dealing with anger. I need to process this. I need to feel this. I need to walk through this. Because if we don't, we won't pass the bitterness test. We'll be stuck. We won't be able to get through Mara. And there's something on the other side. There's sweetness that's awaiting, but we can't get through it because we're bitter. The next test we have to pass is the clean heart test. The clean heart test. Can you keep your heart clean no matter what you face? In other words, if there's a delay, a 40-year delay, as is the case with them, you see, the journey from Egypt to the promised land, which was the land of Canaan, was just a few days' journey. Forty years they stayed in the desert, not because that's how long the trip was. It's because they couldn't let go of the stuff that was in them. And God said, you want me to take you to the land that I've destined for you, but I can't let you go in the condition you're in or you're going to mess it up. So I need to get your heart right so you can actually go where I want you to go and thrive. But I'm not going to give you this land when your heart is in a wrong condition because then you'll have generation after generation that is producing that. And I need you to get your ish worked out right here so I can take you where I want you to be. And they kept not dealing with it. They kept not dealing. And it, it was 40 years. It wasn't God's timing. It was their timing. They wouldn't let go of the hurt and the pain and the bitterness. Someone may have done you wrong in a business deal. Someone may have walked out on you in a relationship. You may have gone through sexual abuse, emotional abuse, but here's the thing. 
You getting angry and staying mad at that person is like you drinking the poison, hoping the other person dies. It destroys you. So God is saying, listen, keep your heart clean. You got to pass the trust test, the bitterness test, and the clean heart test in order to move on. Moses wrote in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, he says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. Why? To humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commandments. What has God revealed? Hey, hard times aren't meant to destroy you, but to mature you. And if you go and you read 1 John chapter 2, you actually see the apostle John starts his letter and he names three different groups of people. Now, these groups of people that he's mentioning are not categorized by age, but by spiritual age. He's delivering a letter to the church, and he's saying, hey, I'm writing to those of you who are little children, those who are immature. I'm writing to those of you who are young men. In other words, you know, you're in process. Maybe your frontal lobe still needs a little developing. And then the third group is I'm writing to you fathers, those that are are mature. There's three groups of people in the church And God is not condemning any of them. He's not condemning the children, the young men, or the fathers, wherever people are in their growth. God's not condemning it, but he does say this. He say, I'm not after perfection, but I am after progression. Whatever stage you're at, I want to see you moving through the stages. I want to see you progressing. Progression looks like this, is when David was dealing with immense pain, immense pain. What did he do in Psalms 94, 19? It says, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Wow, how can anxiety be great within me and God's consolation bring me joy? Mature, maturity. And God says those that bear no fruit, he'll cut down. That's painful, right? But then he also says those who do bear fruit, I'm going to prune you. That's painful too. In other words, we don't escape pain in life. We just get to decide are we going to go through pain because we're being cut down or pain because we're being matured. We get to choose because process brings with it preparation And preparation brings with it promotion. As a matter of fact, if you were to take gold, something that's very valuable, and you were to heat it up, that heating process is what allows the dross to come out. Now, the dross is what is inside the gold that is impure. It's all of its impurities. And that's only revealed when the gold is heated. In other words, when the gold falls apart is the only time you get to see the impurities rise up. Doesn't mean that the gold's not valuable. But unless it falls apart and gives up what's inside, God can't come along and scoop off the impurities and make it pure. It's called smelting. That's the process of it. 
The smelting process, the refiner repeats it over and over to ensure that all the impurities are removed. But you know, it doesn't feel good when the heat gets turned up. It doesn't feel good when things that are inside of us get exposed that we would really like to think that weren't even there in the first place. Until the heat comes, we often don't even know what's in there. And God says, the heat is here not to destroy you, but to refine you. Because gold is valuable. You're valuable. God's not trying to harm you or hurt you. As a matter of fact, we've got to understand quite the opposite. He's trying to protect us. And when the heat gets turned up, it's simply for our benefit. And if we feel like we've fallen apart a little bit or we've broken open a little bit, that's good. That's the part where God gets to step in and come and scoop it off. Would you stand on your feet with me today? Now, one of the things that I want us to understand is I've heard a lot of people that have said they were really frustrated with God over the things that happened this year. And I want to just put things in perspective with you because we often assign things to God. But I'm going to use this example of the Israelites, and I I want to just compare them with what we're going through today. The Israelites were no, no doubt went through hard times, no doubt went through slavery, no doubt went through oppression, no doubt went through abuse. But what you don't ever hear them acknowledge is the reason why they ended up as slaves in Egypt in the first place. You hear them complaining about the 400 years of slavery, but you don't ever hear them acknowledge the reason that they ended up in Egypt as slaves is because they kept building up high things. They kept building idols and putting them in front of God. God will never bless an idol. And what I see happening in the United States of America is we're really frustrated at things that we're walking through. But I think a lot of things that we're walking through is because we put up idols as a country, just like the nation of Israel put up idols. And we're mad at God for what we're walking through. And he's like, hey, I'll be there through the fire. But I didn't cause this. As a matter of fact, he's so good that he sent his son. He said, I didn't cause this but I'll fix it for you. And so when you see Moses take the tree that God told him to take and throw it into Mara, the bitter, you see the bitter is redeemed. The tree is a sign of the cross. And that's what God does. He takes the cross and he applies it to every bitter, hurtful situation that we have gone through and he redeems it. Would you close your eyes and bow your head today? If you would just say, you know what? I need to stop carrying things that I wasn't designed to pick up. I just need a fresh start today. I need a do-over. I need God to be big in my life. If that's you, whether you're in the room or whether you're online, if you're in the room, would you just raise your hand so I can see you and just agree with you? Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you all over. 
And for those of you that are watching online, there's a chat bar you can speak in or you can, um, if you want it to be private, you can have somebody message you or you can go to freedomhouse.cc slash prayer and we can help you there. Our goal is not to see you perfected, but see progression in your life. God didn't make us to be slaves. God didn't make us to bow our knee to anything but him. And so I would just encourage all of us today. Maybe we lifted our hands, maybe we didn't, but all of us just to say this out loud and proud. Say, Heavenly Father, we come before you and we just release all of the dross, all the impurities, anything that is holding us back from you. We let go of fear. We let go of anxiety. We let go of uncertainty. We let go of anger. We let go of pride. Anything that would exalt itself against you, we tell to flee in the name of Jesus. We invite your peace that passes all understanding into our life right now in Jesus' name. Shout out really big. Amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. Really love the message? Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at Freedom House and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message.